Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings and salutations, Wanderer. Do enter the door of disbelief. Two podcast hosts stand by two doors. One always tells truths, and I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of the co-hosts. The hateful liar. <laughs> no, I'm not lying, I just tell jokes. They don't land. One, one... <laughs> one always tells the truth uh, about the other's bad jokes. <laughs> There's one that says jokes and one that says wannabe jokes. Mm. One lands, one doesn't. Which one is it? You'll never know. Two brothers by door caves. One always tells lies and the other has a gun. <laughs> Which one will you get shot by? You won't have time to figure it out. Which does seem weird that there'd be two brothers there all the time. Why wouldn't you just have the one brother there? Yeah, it's more efficient. You have to pay fewer people and he can just hold up a sign or some sort of Commedia dell'arte mm. mask to indicate yeah. he's as- assuming the, the persona of the liar mm. or the truth teller. You'll never know. Wait, if he's the liar, he doesn't have a No, gun. he's both. That's the whole point. <gasps> oh, no. It's like a but, Zen thing. But he can't because be... Because a man can be a truth teller and a liar in all states. This is, of course, JoJo's <laughs> World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are talking about episodes 8 and 9 of Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. The greatest anime not ever made. And the greatest year of our lives. 2040. 40. It's coming. Okay, it's coming. You wait, this podcast, it'll take off by 2040. Yep. Anime has hit its dorty 40s, and there's a lot of boomers. <laughs> it's, it's fucking dorty 40s. Nick. Yes. What do you do um, in the bookkeeping segment of the podcast intros? Nothing. Okay, great, moving <laughs> I, on. I do, we don't have any new patrons. That's what I was obliquely asking. We, we don't now, have... Now, some might say, Liam, you could have asked Nick that either off-air or in a more direct manner, and to those people, I say... Shut up. And might I remind you, I did tell you before we started, without being asked, that we have no new patrons. Yeah, but I don't listen to you when you talk. <laughs> this is the um, this is the part of the podcast where we fight and then afterwards we're like, oh, we better do a podcast. Oh, well, go on then. We've got to do a pretty bloody good podcast yeah, about go bubblegum crisis. You bloody dog, you go on. What bloody episode are we bloody talking about? What's it bloody called, mate? What's it bloody this episode's called? called Fireball and what? I believe it's named after the... Album of the same name by Deep Purple. Fireball. Fireball. Is it one word or two words? One word. Ironic. And as you can see, the album cover is a fun little <laughs> thing of the band members as a comet. Uh, and the word fireball is the tail of the comet. Nice. And they're just sort of astrally travelling through space. Why did we give up being fun? Like, like music fun? Yeah, like you know how you look back on all these weird... Like, prog rock bands. Mm. And they're all just like... Like, fucking... I wanted to write a bloody song about... uh, That's my prog rock voice. I wanted to write a bloody song about what if there was a wizard down at Tesco. Yeah, exactly. It's like, literally, King Crimson. First album. The 21st century schizoid man one. Uh, Famously, of course, Um, King Crimson were cancelled after punching a hole in uh, infamous mafia member Bruno Bucciarati. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Literally, their first album cover is just some dude's face. And it's just like... uh, A specific dude? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the Crimson King. I don't know. 
In the Hall of the Crimson King. I think it's the court, thank you very much, sir. He's uh, not I, was, some... I was just doing In the Hall of the Mountain King. Uh... You know. Apparently, I, I heard this on another podcast recently, yeah. the um, music for uh, In the Hall of the Mountain King, mm-hmm. the score, uh, is meant to represent, because it's like one of those you know, op- uh, classical orchestral pieces that like probably come from an, op- uh, an opera or yeah. something like that. Like the big dun dun yeah, dun yeah. dun It's dun, meant to represent yeah. the trolls of the mountain making fun of the, uh, the hero of the story. Huh. It's like their banter. Oh, just having a chat and then laughing their asses off? I guess so. Nice. Where are the words? Secondhand information. Hmm. Anyway. Yes. You know boomers. Yeah, I I know. Nick, we're talking about two episodes today. I'm going to quickly get the uh, musical um, reference for the other one out of the way too. Okay, hit me with it. My Nation Underground is the name of the second episode and Mm -hmm. it is the fourth studio album by Julian Cope. Released in October 1988. Who in the world is Julian? I Cope? don't actually know. Maybe that's one of those one of those guys who fell by the wayside. Critical consensus on the album from all uh, one rating was that it was an artistic misstep, which failed to produce the music which he wanted. Although he also accepted responsibility for the power failure. Interesting. Hmm. You love having someone who's like, yeah, I wanted to make something good and I didn't. Whoops. My Nation Underground was the follow-up to Cope's relatively successful St. Julian album of 1987, Mm. which has seen him move from raw psychedelic rock to a more streamlined and solid hard rock approach built around the tight five-piece two-car garage band. Classic. The band disintegrated after the St. Julian (laughs) promotional tour, leaving only Cope and his musical right-hand man, guitarist-slash-multi-instrumentalist, odd to specify both there, Yeah. uh, Donald Ross Skinner. Donald Ross Skinner. Mm-hmm. My next D&D character will be named Donald Ross Skinner. Now. It won't though, will it? You don't know me. We have a campaign coming up. You and I, we bloody do, don't we? The primary... No. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> the primary influence on my nation underground was favouring funkadelic uh, sound. Mm, funkadelic. So like this had a demon- demonstrable effect on the album's title track, as well as others such as the Great White Hoax. Ooh, topical. Ooh, like the Great White Whale. Yeah, that's probably what that's referring <laughs> to. I mean, look, he was looking for his white whale, and his white whale was uh, the last album. Cope has re- repeatedly referred to it as his least favorite among his albums, commenting that it was. Just me figuring I ought to do another album and not feeling sure of what I wanted to do. That was a bad time. A bad album. Is he British? I, don't, I think so. I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> Look, you can't expect me to do any research on this show. <laughs> a bad album. Charlotte Anne is a good song, but one good song is not enough. Mm. Perhaps it was a coherent album, but it was nothing like what I had inside me. I couldn't put it out. I just could not get it out. If anyone thinks it's even halfway decent, then I'm pleased because I was trying, blasting my mind apart. Much like the very boomer in this episode had its mind blasted apart. I mean, in the sense it got eaten, but... Oh, I was talking about... Actually, I was talking about the other episode. Uh... The one that got king hit by Pris going at 88 miles an hour. So we watched two episodes again today, as I mentioned, uh, because the first one had a bit of a slow first half. Mm. And then we watched the second one, and Jesus Christ, we tried. This first step is kind of a tone piece about, like, how Pris can have it all uh, between being a successful rock musician and um, a a hard suit-wearing vigilante. But in the sense that whenever we see her, she's living in a truck. Not talking to anyone. In an abandoned district. Um, so we have a few like uh, behind the scenes music documentary interviews with her that mm. sort of cut through this episode. 
uh, where she's she's barely paying attention to the questions being asked of her, and she's like, "I just want it all." She's just like, "This," she's like, "This bar has been letting me perform since I started the band." Oh, is she British? <laughs> yeah, that's my that's just my rock star voice. Okay. So all rock stars, yeah. including shall we say, proclaimed Canadian band Nickelback, all British. Oh, Chad Nickelback. Yeah, Chad Nickelback. Yeah. The Chad Nickelback versus the Virgin Smash Mouth. Oi, mate! Look at this photograph. You see it? <laughs> Every time I think of it, it makes me laugh. Laugh in it. You know, somebody... Oh, we're going to get some tweets from <laughs> Paddy does a one, bro. I'm just, I'm waiting for someone now to just do Smash Mouth, but be all like, you know, somebody once told me. Sorry, Michael Caine style. Right? Some gentleman once told me, <laughs> you see, the world was going to roll me. He, this blighter said I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Oh, I trusted da- them. Down to shed. They trusted them and I failed them. Anyway, we do have fun. And you can't stop us, no matter who you are. Unless they're the police. The AD police. So anyway, Pris is like, yeah, I've been performing in this bar since I started Mm -hmm. the band. They let me perform here. It's great. Pretty much. I mostly write songs when I'm driving around my motorbike. Cut to the rest of the episode of Pris driving around her (laughs) motorbike. Um, We get like some establishing shots of this bar they play, which includes a huge woman's shoe. I think it's. I think it has it's like two a high sh- heel. Yeah, I think it has two shoes, one either end of the bar. That would make sense, but I'm only seeing the one shoe. Mm, and it makes awkward sense when you look up at the roof and the leg. You can see the leg in the distance. Can you see there. the leg? Oh god, you can actually see the leg. Oh. It doesn't appear to be painted on. I guess. Why are there so, so many? Yeah, anyway, so they're performing. They perform many times this episode. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say why are there so many like women's legs and like. Yeah. What- What's up? Where are all the men's legs? Yeah, where are all the hot men's legs at? We've got <laughs> Nigel. We've got, um... Marky? Oh, I don't know if he's hot. Leon? Yeah, we've got Leon. Daly? Daly. Now, he's got legs. Daly can get it. <laughs> Dude, Daly? Those glasses? He's the best-dressed member of the AD police. Yeah, right. He wears a tie. He, he doesn't wear the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> he is always on the job. I was thinking about that while we were watching this episode. What do they do all day? What do you mean, what do they do all day? Bo- we see what they do today. No, because, like, boomer attacks, like... Yeah. They happen at They night. happen once per episode, right? Yeah. So that's not that often, we would assume. Yeah. Like, and they're on a full-time clock. Do they just cruise around being like, hey, maybe in 12 hours or so a boomer will attack? Yeah, and then they track down people who are speeding on the road that they want to bang. Like, they did that detective work in the, the ghost cuck robot episode. Yeah. But there's, they just mostly seem to just be cruising. Like, it's a pretty cruisy job. Yeah, and the police chief is like, what do you do with your time? You're the Leon? AD... Like, they're not even the the stormtroopers like the rest of them. They're like plain clothes mm. AD police detectives. So I guess they meant to investigate the aftermath of the boomer incidents? Hmm. Actually, that's a good point. They really don't do shit, do they? <laughs> and whenever there's a mad boomer problem, the night sabers solve it. So they don't even... They don't even do their jobs. Yeah. But they take God, the I've got to become it. one of the AD police. <laughs> you wake up in the morning. Just driving get... my joystick car around all day. You put on a tie and maybe a tux. Pursuing a motorcyclist, like, in a high-speed pursuit, even though that's not my job. And you're just like, yeah, let's fucking go. Some shots of this episode of Nigel and Marky continuing to work on the motorcycle project. Uh, and uh, Pris comes to see see how they're doing with it. They're doing fine. Yeah, it's going to be finished soon. Spoiler alert, it's finished this episode. <gasps> um, Pris is like, hey, hey, Nigel. Hey, Nigel. Hey, Marky, why are you here? Thought you didn't take assistance, Nigel. Uh, I made a friend. 
<laughs> yeah, Marky's all like, I'm having fun. Nigel's like, he's bringing me tools. Yes. <laughs> he is like a tool to me. Yeah. He is more or less a boomer, but in yeah. human form. You, oh, is he now? Oh. <laughs> oh. Marky has found his purpose. Marky is Cilia's biological younger brother. Yes. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. What if he goes mad, though? Like a boomer. Well, Alan famously told us that humans go mad, too. <gasps> Wise sage Alan once again hitting not, us with hard not truths. Not in these episodes, but no, we had to keep calling him Alan. Mm. Well, I mean, to be fair, we don't get to see Alan. And every time I don't see Alan, I just think, where is Alan? Like, anyone who's not thinking about Alan should be saying, where is Alan? Um, Pris plays a gig, then gets in, like, it's intercut. There's a lot of that in this episode, intercutting her singing with things in her life. Uh, intercut with the aforementioned police chase, uh, where Leon and Daly see her motorcycling. Uh, Leon speeds up with his joystick car. Daly fires up the sirens. And uh, Leon's all like, "I'm gonna get it in in more ways than one." Yep. Uh, she's parked when he, when he finds her, uh, and he's like, "Hey, you're probably wondering why isn't this guy giving me a speeding ticket?" And she's basically like, "Shut the fuck up," and just leaves. Yeah. Uh, I'll, ne- and then- I'll never like the AD police. You're lower than a bug to me," she says. Uh, so then Daly in the car's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Leon, you fucking rude. <laughs> wow. Way to go, champ. Oh, hopeless. And Leon. That's, that's, basically, that's, yeah. that's basically the first half of the episode. Yeah, Leon straight up is like, shut up, Daly. And Daly's like, no, you shut yeah. up, you fucking idiot. Marky comes home wearing another Seinfeld outfit, wearing an outfit that Susan from Seinfeld would wear. So straight Red up. pants. Red waistcoat, <gasps> white shirt, bolo, bolo tie. tie. Who wears a bolo tie Susan outside of from Texas? Seinfeld. Which one was Susan? George Costanza's wife. Oh, God. The one that dies? Yeah, spoilers oh, for God. Seinfeld, I guess. <laughs> As she's Susan up- goes mad and the night savers rip out her heart. <laughs> Literally from... If I remember right, Susan dies from wedding invites. Yep. And George is like, this is the best thing that could have happened to me. This is amazing. This is great. And you're like... You horrible, horrible human being. Well, in classic but. Costanzian writing technique, mm. uh, she only dies once after he spends the whole season trying to get out of the marriage mm. once he comes to terms with the fact that he will be married to her. Indeed. And then he's like, this is perfect. Yep. This is great. Wait, and then he tries to now. pick up with the story. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, we have another awkward Cilia Marky dinner. Uh, <laughs> she perfectly deduces that he's been helping, helping Nigel and does the old... Uh, there's a stain on your face. He t- goes to touch his face. Oh, no, there wasn't. I just said that to... To coax you yeah. into believing that I trusted you. Yeah, it's like saying, um, you know, when you say like, oh, I put... I knew this would be the murder weapon, so I put a special heat-reactive dye on it. So everyone who touched its hands should be turning blue right about now. And then you just see who looks at their hands. Wouldn't everyone look at their hands? Only if they had touched the murder weapon. Oh... <gasps> Oh my god, it was the butler the whole time. I can't remember what I saw that in, but like it was it seemed well justified at the time. Everyone looked at their hands. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone was involved. Shit, that's dark. I like okay, so we we obviously rinsed their um dining table setup mm. last time. Yeah. Everyone remembers it was a famous JoJo's World bit. <laughs> Look, it will go down into the annals of history as one of the greatest comedic bits. They've got a bouquet of red roses in the middle of the table now. It pops nicely against the sort of Blue, grey, cyberpunk setting. The sterile clothing store's table, which is made of obsidian. Yeah. It just, it looks like a, um, like a tabletop game piece, you know? 
No. Like a Monopoly board thing you'd move oh, around I see. on the yeah. board. Yeah. Oh, my favourite Monopoly piece is the table. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, what st- like what speaks of opulence? A dog, a top hat, a table, an old leather shoe, <laughs> a sock with a hole in it. God. A bindle. Rags to riches, you know? So, um... A paycheck. For once, this Celia Markey interaction seems to be going well. She's come to terms with the fact that he helps Nigel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like... Hey, I'm your brother. And she's like, that you are. Yep, you are my brother. Uh, He's working on this motorcycle. He's creating the engine like it's a work of art. Ah, blah, 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 blah. I think he's making it for Pris. She's... For Pris? For Pris. But she hates the AD police. She has an unusual personality. It's a lot like Nigel's. And then, like, Cilia gets angry again and is like, you shouldn't speak while we're eating dinner. This is a sacred place where we eat food. And then Marky's like, I knew you'd say that. I thought you were crazy, but this is too much. I'm going to go live with Nigel. <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> like, straight up, was like, I yeah. like you, just as I did when we lived together so long ago. I thought if I came here, I could live with you the same as before. And she's like, yes, nothing's changed. And he says, I was wrong. I'm going to live with Nigel. I think he says something like, I'm the one that's unchanged. You've I'm changed. the only one unchanged. Yeah. I knew things like that. And she's changed. Nick, your thoughts. Your thoughts on he's the only one unchanged. It's arrested development. (laughs) (laughs) Is he, um, like maybe he's not human. Nick, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Yeah. He's her biological little brother. Fair enough. I won't say anything else. Pris is eating pizza. It's Gioma's quality pizza. Now look, there's two pizzas, all right? There's Gio... Genomas? Geoma? Geoma. Geoma. And you can see that Geoma has handwritten thank you on the pizza box. (laughs) And the logo is a Karibo from Yu-Gi-Oh. Which is very odd. (laughs) Um, Is it Geomo's quality pizza or is it quality pizza by Geomo? Geoma. Oh no. Oh no. There's more players. Geodude's quality pizza. (laughs) Geodude's quality pizza feels like you just get it and it's just a box of dirt. Yeah, it's just a rock. It's just a rock that you'd start eating and be like... Controversial opinion, but I like my pizza well done. I like it crisp and hard. I can't even talk to you right <laughs> now. Like, legit. I'm st- I, Even the thought of a hard pizza angers It's good. Me. No. No, you want that nice, like, soft underbelly. You know? You don't want the cheese to burn. Right? You don't want to burn it. do, though. What the hell, man? We've been doing this for how many years and this is the first Too time? Too long. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, you want that nice, like, ooh, it, like, curves, you know? Anyway. You know? You don't want that crusty old McCain's pizza. No. Yeah. That, that we can agree. Yeah, that's the I'm hard I'm doing, pizza. like, a homemade pizza. Yeah, but you don't want a hard pizza. I do. Why? Because, like, you, then you want the McCain's. sharp shards break off in your mouth. No, but that's McCain's pizza. I don't want that, though. I want to make it. Yeah, I know you want to make it, but you don't want to make a hard Anyway. Pizza. Pris gets a voicemail from Nene being like, hey, Lynn is having a sleepover. She wants you to come. You should bring us snacks. And Pris and she doesn't. begins singing a song to herself. Yep. That doesn't come. She thinks about Leon briefly, though. Ooh. Ooh what could that mean? I don't know. Maybe she's falling for him. Uh, Nene's Ooh. place is a mess. Lots of good jokes about that. Uh, and then her email weasel brings her a message from Pris inviting her to their gig, inviting them to her gig. At Hot Legs. Hot Legs, the Hot famous legs. club we all know. Which actually now I think about it is a bit on the nose. Because, because they've just, got that huge leg there. They've got a pair of giant <laughs> yeah. legs in there, yeah. And it's like, oh, so what's, why is it called Hot Legs? 
just points. It's like here in Perth, there used to be a place called Deville's Pad, which oh, yeah. like had a bunch of hell imagery. Yeah. It's like, oh, why do you call it Deville's Pad? Because of all the hell shit. Why do you call it Hot Legs? Because, because of, of the, all the hell the shit. Hot... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do you call... <laughs> Can you imagine some of the names, like... Of various Perth bars that we could think of. It's like... And we could think them and we could list them all, but we won't. But it's like, you know, the Brass Monkey has Brass Monkeys. It's true. Uh, the Universal Bar is universally shit. Yeah. Um, I actually don't know any other bars here. Okay, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's that whole bit. Some speculation from Lina about whether... Um, whether uh, Pris likes women, uh, and she's like, she wouldn't, she wouldn't like women, would she? That, that would be ridiculous, right? And Nene says, like, obvious nineties slash twenty forties lesbian Lina, and like obviously Nene's like, you crazy <laughs> dumb bitch, you think lesbians exist? Come on now, this is twenty forty. You know who else was a lesbian briefly? Uh, Susan from Seinfeld. Was she? Yeah. No. Yep. No. That was a plot. Was it? Oh, nice. Was it a good plot? No. Oh. It leads into the marriage plot. Oh, I see. Okay. Another video interview. Pris, if you weren't your musician, what would you be? And she just stares into the distance. I'd be like a night saber or something, wouldn't I? So you say you'd take the law into your own hands? Cancelled. Pris Asagiri. Up yours, woke moralists. I'll destroy all the boomers I want. Meanwhile... <laughs> no, no, that would be Alan. Just being all like, up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Why do they want to cancel my boomers? Why, do they Why can't they like and retweet my boomers? They're trying to ban me from 2040 Twitter. Fuck them! Okay. Yeah, that's the meme. I feel like that bit had more legs than we got out of it, but say la vie. That's what you do. Look, the less JBP we talk about, the better. Meanwhile, my favourite boomer ever is <laughs> makes his debut on the screen. The Moto Slave. No, that's the motorcycle they build. No, that's this guy. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. They literally call this no, guy. No, they call that... The, that's what they call the motorcycle Nigel builds. No, because this is a slave boomer. No, you are actually factually wrong. No. And we'll no. get to that when we get to that. No. No way. So, this boomer... This fucking boomer... Uh, it looks like... If you took, like... How do you describe its lower half? Okay, so imagine Armored Core, the video game, where you fly around as basically a flying tank for the first half because you can't afford the legs. Okay. It has, like, six wheels at the front. Some more at the back, presumably. Uh, Yeah, two more at the back with big pistons sticking out of the side. It's, like, yeah, it's... You know, like, some F-Zero cars? Like, they've got two front... Uh, knife bits, yes. but no middle bits. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's a pod like that, racer. But really vascular. It's like, like a... it's got thick, meaty veins. <laughs> oh yeah, I love a car with meaty veins. <laughs> uh, uh, and then sitting in like where the the pilot of the pod racer would be is just H.R. Geiger's alien from Alien. It looks like a Lovecraftian it looks, Anakin looks pod just race. like the alien if it yeah, was it wearing does, yeah. racing goggles. <laughs> <laughs> if it's like if Alien came down on the ship. And then it was like, it's alien time. And then like put on big red yeah. goggles and started eating people. And the reason I love this this rogue boomer more than any other yeah. is because the, the rest of the episode suddenly pivots to be about it and destroying it. Yeah. But it's not doing anything wrong. It's just cruising down the highway. <laughs> it's literally running into cars and destroying them. Well, why oh. are they in the way? <laughs> He's having a great time. Yeah. 
Uh, some like AD police VTOLs fly over it and it shoots out metal and destroys them. Is this one of those things that's like, look, we we have to deal with this thing. And you're like, why? Just let it be. Yeah. It owns the highway. He's, le- he's leaving. <laughs> he's le- no, he's going into the yeah, city. Yeah, he is. They do, they do say and that. And they're like, if it gets into town, we're fucked. It's like, it's not going to get into town. It's going to stay on the highway. <laughs> it's just going to leave. He pulls into the drive-thru. Hey, listen, I want everything. Oh, like on the menu? Don't play coy with me, boy, all right? Give it to me. Give- and it just makes that one same boomer screech we keep hearing. <laughs> um, Lena That's and Nene opinion. are woken up from their sleepover. And they're like, oh my god, a boomer. Yep, they're like literally falling out of bed. Pris is like, Pris is doing a gig, music. so she's late for this one. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, she covers herself in water as well. As you do. Which I was like, oh. Chris. No, no, no. Don't do that. So Leon and Daly are pursuing in their AD police car, but they can't catch it. It's too fast a road boomer. But uh, Lena and Nene, in their hard suits, can sprint past the car and catch up to it. They try and attack it. It's ineffectual. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, Nene attacks it. And she it's ineffectual. shoots it with her stupid needles that do nothing. Yep. Uh, and then it just like rams them and they fall back and they try again with the exact same animation shots a bit later. Literally the same anime. If this was a filler rep, then it was a hell of a filler rep. But goddamn, such thing as a filler rep in a in a tightly contained narrative. Yeah. So they're just like, oh no, it's no use. It's it's we we keep shooting it. And it does nothing. Lena Lena doesn't really do anything. She tries whipping it, but it doesn't do okay, anything. Okay, here's the dialogue. The controversial answer to the greatest rift that has destroyed the JoJo's world, hosts camaraderie since. Chase was the OP. Don't you dare. Don't you dare utter How that ironic name. that this episode should be about a chase as well. Oh. Mm. Okay, here we go. What is it? Okay, so this is dialogue from Marky to Cilia over mm-hmm. the phone. Yeah. Cilia, hurry up and come to Nigel's shop. And then Cilia says, what's the matter? We're going to use the machine that Nigel's been making. What is it? It's a moto slave. It's damn not it. an ordinary bike. Oh, god damn it. It should support the speed of the hard suit. It's a moto slave. slave. It's a moto slave. It sure is. Does that imply it's a boomer? Whoa. Yeah, that's right. I went there. I went there, okay? If it's not a boomer, I'm going to be like, why isn't it a boomer? But Nick, it's a bike. Surely it runs on the same technology as the hard suits. Nigel made it after all. Yeah. What if the suits are boomers? Oh my god, what? What if? What if? What if every single piece of technology that we The cars are boomer. The cars are boomer. Their cell phones are boomers. The whole building. Cell phones. What am I, American? The whole boom... Like, sorry. The whole... Boomding is a boomer. The, the the clothes shop. The fun thing is, I think everything that we've just said comes true at one point in the series <laughs> or another. Where they're just like, what if we're boomers? No, don't be ridiculous. But our hard suits are definitely boomers. God, what if? It's called a moto slave, which makes me think it it might actually be based on boomer tech. Yeah. But Well, lest you forget, mm. um, the way they build the hard suits to people's forms is to put a core in them. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's the same tech, but it doesn't have... Well, no, none of the... Well, no, the boomers do have consciousness because they're like, I'm sorry to people all the time. Sure, yeah. But we don't hear like any of these dudes talk. The hard suits. Yeah. They're not like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know? No, you're right. So maybe it's like, I don't know, because they're they're not conscious, it's okay? Ooh. Maybe because they're mute, we can't... I don't know, I'm going down a rabbit hole of, like, what is sentience Yeah, we'll anymore? come back to it in predictions. Yeah. So, um, 
Pris gets into the new uh, motorcycle that's built to ride a hard suit with. It's red, it goes fast, uh, and she's really good at riding motorcycles because it's one of her two main character traits. <laughs> Motorbikes, and singing, band. lives in a truck. Motorbike, uh, mot- singing, lives in a truck, hates the AD police. Looks over a shoulder. Yeah. yeah, aloof. Aloof. Oh, yeah. Very sundere, if you will. I won't. Okay, good, because if you did, the podcast would end then and there. She says rock and roll, and she's got like a little raid- radar Look, situation. I don't understand any of this UI, okay? It, okay? Well, it's like if we were from the 1920s and we were like trying to figure out how a smartphone worked, right? Well, no. Like, if you go back, right? Go back to this whole... I'm going to just... It's like a globe. It's like the top of a sphere... Right? It actually looks a lot like a little radar device that Nero Tolskava has in Final Fantasy XIV. Um, like, at the top, it has, like, bars. Like, like four, like, little... They're, like, peggle blocks. Yeah, it's like... These are probably, <laughs> like, fuel gauges and things like that. But why Heat are they... gauges. Like, why are they all over the place at different things? I don't know. And then there's these two crosses, but they also look like they're spherical hemispheres. Like, yep. that are just moving. And I'm like, what is going on? Where's the speedometer? That's probably that in the middle, right? No, what? That's the red. Because there's a little little thing there. Is that? But like a little meter. It goes the wrong way. Well, what do you want from me? I didn't build this damn <laughs> moto slave. Damn it, Liam. The moto slave will sense the conditions at all times and feed back the best position to the hard suit. For example, the shape will transform into the aero body by sensing the speed at the moment. And now you know how the moto slave works. <laughs> So it has wheels, it goes forward, and it changes. Its shape will change combined with the hard suit, they say. Which it never does. It kind of does when she has to do the jump at the end. Like, you see some different positions shifting. Uh, I guess, yeah. But it didn't, like, turn into a bipedal mech, which we're all very sad about. Yeah. Does this ever come up ever again? Mm, The the bike? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Ah. Uh, Nana and Lena are t- told to pull back because uh, Pris is going to ram it head on. A kaboom. Yep. That's right, because when she's getting into this um, the bike, mm. like we get a shot of an explosion on the other side of the river. So it's like, yeah. they're just like in the exact wrong spot right now. Yeah, it's like... But I guess oh. there must be a bridge up ahead. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I was like, are they just on the opposite side oh, of the fuck, river? Fuck, we took the wrong exit. <laughs> like... Wait, Celia, this isn't it. It's like, oh, we don't have enough energy in your hard suit to power the moto slave for more than like three minutes. Ah, shit. Is there any bridge? No. Ah, damn it. Oh, well, Mad Boomer goes away. So Pris like plays chicken with this thing and, and punches it in the head as she goes past. But it's still alive. Yeah, does some damage, it's still alive. But then she she almost Akira slides, but doesn't quite and turns her bike around, comes back. The bike reconfigures its physical appearance so that she can do a jump and she punches it in the back and puts a hole in its torso. It's very effective. The end of this particular mad lad. And he's all like, ah, but I just wanted to drive. I just wanted speed. I want to go very fast. Well, you're not allowed to go very fast on the freeway with no speed limit. Sorry, right? mate. Should have got your L's. End of episode. Yeah. No, there is a bit more of a denouement <gasps> as Pris invites all of her friends to come see her sing in an empty club. Hot legs. And you don't know this because we don't watch the ED uh, on the streams we have here. Yeah. But this song she's singing to herself, slash, and then it's revealed everyone else is there, is mm. the end credits song. Ah, a good blurring transition into the next episode yeah. segue. So then, yeah, Lena, Mackie, and Nene are there. And then Leon is lurking in the shadows, too. And he's smiling. And is, Pris is, is he, like, though? Yeah, I thought we had a close-up of him, didn't we? 
Well, he's lurking in the he's shadows. He's just like backlit. And then Pris is like, huh, one, two, three, four. And that's the episode. end episode. Yeah. Because it would take us straight into the end the credits ending. song, which yeah. she was just singing a bit of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, next episode, Happy Frog Boomer. Yes, there's this frog boomer. He's a big frog mining boomer. He works underground with some construction guys. They're all frog boomers. And some... Wait, well, okay. well, the guys aren't, but Wait, the frog use boomers Use your aren't. words, Nick. Describe this boomer. This is a boomer. He has a bunch of arm accessories. He's bipedal. He's bipedal. He's, he's green. Got, he's got a big backpack-esque thing. Yep, and that, like t- ten t- tech tendrils came out of it, like he's Doc Ock. Yeah, and he's got like a drill that pops out of the side of his hand that he uses to drill things. Mm-hmm. He's obviously made to be like an underground, just driller, civil... And civil guy. engineer situation. Yeah. He's the worst kind of engineer. Um, so... Okay. <laughs> look... Uh, no hold. No, 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 no holes. There's barred. an important distinction between civil engineers and criminal engineers. <laughs> it's only a few letters difference, but I won't let it slide. Um, both of them use sand a lot in their crimes. So they're doing this, fr- this. This guy and his boomer are doing some some maintenance work that we don't really care about. Yeah, they're Basically, drilling into a wall. Or yeah, something. and he's on the phone to his supervisor, who's like, "The infrastructure in the outlying areas underground is unstable." Blah blah blah. Look. Everything underground, dangerous. You should be glad there are laws in place to protect you. And the boomer is like, hey, there's some abnormal stuff here. Should I fix it? Yeah, yeah, hurry up, boomer. And, and then, then we see the boomer's eyes flash red for a second. And we're like, oh my god, is it going to go mad and kill him? No! It's a fake out. It is squatting right behind him for a second. And he's all like, oh, you scared me. Oh, and like they start to build a bit of a fear of underground here. Because uh, the guy's talking on the phone being like... I asked the director of the interior areas and he said human beings aren't necessary underground. Mm. I have to go underground in the middle of the night by myself. And the guy on the phone is like, well, it's a rule. You'll have to. Underground drains from before the quake need human control. Mm. You owe your job to rules like that. You should appreciate them. You should. So then uh, we, we get a weird, I guess, horror moment where like things are happening in the background. You can't see them. And then there's a swipe yeah, like a, 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 a like a black screen, white white swipes, like claw yeah. things, and then the boomer is gone because <gasps> the, the poor boomer. Yeah, the boomer is like looking right at the guy, so we think the swipe is it going mad and killing him. But then we cut back out, and oh, it's gone. Where what? boomer? But the man lives. Yep. What missing boomer underground? What could it mean? What's the name of the episode? My Nation Underground. Oh. That terrible album made by that British guy. <laughs> we all know and love, <laughs> and we remember his name, mm. so we don't need to say it, because yeah. we all remember it. It was like Justin... What did I just say, I, Nick? I can't remember. <laughs> it's been too long. Uh, so, Lena is at work. Yep, she's uh, once again in trouble with the accounting boomer. And she's like, oh, but I tried so hard. One of her co-workers has been demoted for giving kickbacks to the Genom Corporation. Oh, just standard Ossif gossip stuff. <laughs> I'm a podcaster Look, we provide quality content <laughs> I'm not having a stroke <laughs> So the office gossip is happening And she's all like <gasps> And the boomer doesn't really scold her here But we hear that she's going to get scolded It was like the, um, the co-worker, co-worker is like oh, The accounting boomer was here a second ago But she's not anymore The missing boomer, right? And Lena's like, what? Lena's like, what? Oh, you know, on the news, there's all these boomers going. No, it's not on the news, pointedly. Yeah. Uh, but news just like censorship. Gossip is boomers are going missing underground. Boomers are going missing underground? In the outlying areas. In you know the, the outlying areas? 
outlying areas. That's probably like where Pris lives. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just, they're all going missing under her truck. <laughs> oh, no, Pris is just practicing her hard suit. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, the slashes, that was just Pris. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. Everyone's like, what's going on? Pris is like, do not fear me. What? I don't know. I bring you love. It brings us love. Kill it. Um, so I think we cut to... Cilia is also looking into the missing boomers. I'm glad we have this. Yep. Yeah. And she's like, why would they be saying that the boomers are going missing and censoring it on the news? So there's seven cases confirmed. Uh, but then if they add in some other suspicious circumstances, mm. it rises to almost 20 in six months. Huh. That's strange. And then she sips her tea and the butler is like, I added apple flavour to the tea. Can we? And just... we're all like, yay. No, 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 that's terrible. Apple in tea? Apple, apple flavour in tea. Apple flavour in tea. Oh. I'm always saying it. Ah, uh, ah, uh, no, no. <laughs> I refuse, I refuse. So there's me. no human beings being attacked in these cases. So it's probably not like a standard rogue boomer situation. So it's even like, is weirder. Is someone stealing them? What's it's, going on yeah, here? Yeah, it's just really weird. And that why are they censoring the news about it? Yeah, it's just weird. It's just a whole lot mm-hmm. of weird circumstances. Meanwhile, we find out some stuff on why they're censoring the news about it. Because Mason is talking to his corporate stooge. Who's like, yeah, some boomers have gone missing. It's around the area of the stuff I'm searching for for you. And uh, our boy Mason is like, oh, really? Really? Tell Just me more. The thing you're searching for as, for me. As his, uh, what, the accountant boomer? Was that? Or secretary? Secretary boomer. Secretary PA boomer. boomer. Yeah, the PA boomer is the standing The PA slash makeout boomer. <laughs> 13 out of the 15 missing boomers have disappeared in this zone. Mm. Within a one kilometer radius in the 28th area. And he mentions a Bioscape Lab. Yes, that's in the area of like pre-Quake. There was a company called Bioscape that had a lab there. Oh, and they all disappeared while they were 15 metres underground. Ah, 15 metres? Yeah. 15 metres. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not that low. No. It's like a small tunnel. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. I thought you might have more on that. Well, I thought the quake would be like, it's under like 50 metres of like debris. It's like, no, no, like 15. Oh. Well, because this, this was underground infrastructure that existed pre-Quake, I think. So it was already underground, and then the quake happened. And it became inaccessible up until recent works, oh, I assume. And then all the debris got cleared. I, I, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're making sub-foundations. Yes. For the foundations. Mm-hmm. It's like, what? So yeah, Bioscape Lab, blah, blah, blah. The thing you're looking for might be around here. So then Mason's like, ah, it was a good idea to censor the news. (laughs) For when you control the news, you control the battlefield. (laughs) So Mason is uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 Snake. Or Metal Gear Solid 2 President. Ooh, maybe. Was the President Solidus? Yeah. Right, okay. Weird that he's the President. But not weird that he's the president, if that makes sense. It doesn't. Yeah, same. Um, (laughs) We just don't listen to each other anymore. (laughs) So uh, this guy's like, oh no, there's a hacker. I'm going to track it down. But I have to temporarily shut you off from the network while I track it down. And Mason's like, all right. He hangs up for a second. He comes back and he's like, I couldn't track the hacker. And Mason's all like, typical. Then we track the hacker to its nene doing it at her job computer at the police station. She's like, I was almost in, but I wasn't. But I did confirm that the boomers are going missing in a certain area. And then Leon's like, hey man, are you using your work computer for personal purposes? They make fun of each other using Japanese honorifics again. There's a lot of honorific talk in this episode. Yeah, they translate it as, don't call me Leon P. 
Yeah. But it's like Leon Chan? No, no, it was, it was both. Oh. He was, they were saying Leon P. Hmm. Weird honorific, yeah. Leon P. Yeah. So then Leon's all like, you fucking animal. So Leon's Leon just Leon there, P. like, he's taking a break from his hard work of driving aimlessly around the city to be like, hey, you were at that club called Hot Legs the other day with Pris, right? And then he's like, oh. Oh, you're like, Pris, do you? And he's all like, don't you dare, I'm a grown-ass man. But I might, I might like a little bit of Pris. Why, 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 have I got a shot with her? And then he's all like, with Pris? I don't think so. She's unattainable. She's so aloof. And, then, and she drives that motorcycle and she's in a band. <laughs> and he's like, wait, she's in a band? Can you get me in with the band? And then I've always wanted to be a rock star. And says. then he's like, oh, so you do like Pris? You know, I think she was talking about a guy. Oh my God. Wait, was it me? Was I, was I the guy? And she's like, oh, I'll never tell. Meanwhile, Pris is wearing a really loose shirt. Uh, we love seeing a woman in a loose single And drinking shirt. milk straight from the bottle, which is, of course, disgusting. <laughs> drinking milk, not on my watch, not in my house. The fuck are you talking milk, about? It, milk from a glass is disgusting and is, is illegal. <laughs> milk from a glass is a classic beverage of a medieval peasant. Ugh. All right? Gag. I am one of the working class. Gagging will... on milk and throwing it up all over you like a baby. <laughs> what kind of bourgeois motherfucker are you? Jesus I Christ. I drink water like an adult. You can have both. <laughs> you can have water in your milk. It's called skim milk. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that what that is? Yeah, it's milk. Because you skim like... a little bit off the top and you put it in water. Ugh. Oh, God. What the hell is that? No, skim milk is just like watered down milk without the cream. Why would anyone drink that? Because they don't want the cream. But they want the like the milk flavour. Ugh. Which doesn't the terrible really flavour of milk. No, the terrible flavour of skim milk. They want to they wanna harken back to their youth where they drank milk from their mum. I drink full cream milk. I'm a big Okay, boy. but you're not drinking skim milk, are no, you? No, I'm not drinking no, I've got no, we can both agree that skim milk is a trash milk, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just water milk. Like it's just ugh. But full cream milk, that's that good shit, you know? You drink it down, you're like, ooh. Uh, turn it into cheese or throw it away. That's what I say. <laughs> what about butter? Butter's good. Of course, we know about butter from your, um, the recent revelation about your family's New Zealand-based butter factory. Okay, we don't know if it's my <laughs> family, though. We know that there is somewhere that's called Valentine's Butter. In New Zealand, that makes canned butter like in a tuna can. No, no, you said a tuna can. I was like, so you mean a round tin? And you were like, yeah. Yep. Which one is it? It's, it's the same thing. No, a tuna can is like one of the sardine things that's flat. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You're like, oh, wait, do you mean like a small, like, yay big one? Like like, like, like what you're imagining, like a big. Like a John... John West Salmon situation. Yeah, John West Salmon the best, yes. Mm. Salmon um, the best, I'm always saying it. Yeah, it's like a John West small, you pop it open. It's like yay big. Like Nick is making like a... Um, centimetre tall. Nick is making the sort of... He's not quite finishing the circle, but he's uh, doing with his hands the thing where if someone sees you doing it, they get a free punch on you. <laughs> Damn it, but it has to be below <laughs> the waist. Yeah. That's the problem. Um, It's like yay big and then like a centimetre tall. It's bigger, but it's... Yeah, it's around the same height. Like but, five but wider. centimetres. Wider. Wider. Yeah. Oh my god. How this big? Nick is uh, extending his fingers about as much as he can. This is not a good audio bit. What? So Why are we devoting okay, so you're 10 telling... minutes to describing the size of a can of you're butter? You're telling me it has a four fucking centimetre radius. 
and a bloody five centimetre tall fucking tin. Why the fuck not? What? How much butter is in this tin? I don't know. I haven't opened it. What? You haven't even opened it yet? It's not mine. How? Bro. Bro, you gotta... Wait, I thought they gave it to you. No, it's for the guy's dad... Uh, uh, parents-in-law. Oh, okay. All right. Can we steal it from the parents-in-law to answer these crucial questions? No. Damn it. Can we go to New Zealand to buy some? Yep. Patreon money well spent. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nene needles Pris about inviting Leon to his show. She's all show. like, you fucking animal. I don't want men at my show. Yep. And then she gossips about it with Lena. Uh, Lena is in She's, shower. You have to speak up. She's wearing a towel. <laughs> yep. Uh, it looks like she has the strangest towel technique I've ever seen because her hair isn't up. Her hair isn't up. Like when you put it in a towel, your hair's meant to be all up. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but hers isn't. So... So it's just wet and dripping. Yeah, it's just wet and dripping the whole time. <laughs> it's like, what was the point of the towel? Well, without her signature hair flaps, we wouldn't be able to recognize her, right? It would be some other anime character. Yeah. Terrible. She's in, she's friends with one of the AD police, but they're like the enemies of the night sabers, aren't they? And Nene's just like, yeah, I yep. guess so. But I also work for them. Yeah. So, you know, multiple liabilities. Yep. Uh, Press does another gig. Another boomer goes missing. Uh... And the, then some, the guys in some the construction mine. workers underground like are telling ghost stories about how the boomers are going missing. You know, when the boomer goes missing, there's a wall that they tr- like they find and they collapse the wall, but don't go inside. We used to say, don't go underground in the outlying areas. Everything below a certain level was the deep underground. There were no records. It's like he's describing like the procedurally generated minigame mode of Bubblegum Crisis. <laughs> Where the, if you go the too fucking far, fucking chalice dungeons of Tokyo. If you go too far, it starts becoming a roguelike. Yeah, and you're like, Ooh. there were no records. Those places were beyond our control. Some companies and even the government built secret facilities. Crypt of the Necrodancer music begins playing yeah. in the background. The area where we are now were crowded by many. La- yep, that's grammar. The area where we are now were crowded by many labs like this. Uh, a boomer is in the background, just doing some work, accessing a terminal. With its weird doc-oc tentacle. What do you mean by secret facilities? You know, P4 experimentation and things like that. You know. Yeah. You know. If you hit one of these facilities, don't ever go in. And then, like, he does, like, a ghost thing. The ghost of a lab worker who was buried alive will appear. Hey, man, quit that shit, alright? Yeah, man, stop scaring me. Look, I'm scared enough as it is, alright? I have to work underground. That's scary. Do you understand how fucking terrifying life is right now? Yeah. There's boomers... I'm underground. I don't like it. Jesus Christ. I heard about one guy who died underwater and his ghost turned into a boomer. Yeah, but he was... <laughs> Technically but... true. God damn, I get... Was his ghost... Okay. What, uh, mm. It's deliciously ambiguous. Yeah. Man. Deliciously? Yep. Mm, suck. There's a rumour that boomers are under attack by something. So weird. And so then the guy at the control panel is like, hey, why don't we get that boomer to go into the drain? Yeah, right. And that boomer behind them is like, what? Huh. What Me? Uh, Celia is like looking at some computer shit and She's then like, walks away from her. I thought I hated boomers, but I might have been scared. And that's the boomer line of the week. Uh, and then Marky wanders into the reflection of the mirror in the background. And there's this line of dialogue where it's like, um, well, what are you doing? Nothing. I see. And then we're like, okay, that's a normal piece of banter. <laughs> yeah. I know, I often would just stand at my sister's door and just be like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. It's like, I see. Celia, recently you've been, you looked as if you were impatient. And then she says, it's time for you to go to bed. Yes, ma'am. And then she, he hugs her from, she hugs him from behind. 
Ah, normal. Normal. Except she also does whisper, I will protect you. Yeah. We're like, okay. Um, Maki is feeding Nene chips in the underwater compu- uh, underground computer base mm. as she shows him how algorithms work and he is impressed. Each programmer has their own type. I guess so. And there's some more honorific banter there. Um, Celia walks in. Yeah. And, and is like, like, what the hell's Maki doing Stop teaching here? Maki about computers. Marky, you will go to your room right now, young man. I thought you were here to do some training, Nene. Nene's like, I was, I will. but after this. Yeah. Oh, you're such a dead weight, she says. And Celia's like, you fucking no. animals. Celia says that to Nene. Oh, does she? Yeah. God damn, Celia. After out. she finds out that um, Nene's working to hook up Leon and Pris. Mm. Because he's the AD police and the enemy. Yeah. I know we all had that moment in school where a teacher would be like, sit away from the students you're trying to hook up with. And you're like, oh, all right. Odd tangent, but okay. <laughs> uh, Pris is chatting with Lina, and Lina's all like, so is there a guy in your life? And Pris is like, it was Nene, Nene wasn't. I told you, didn't she? And Lina immediately is like, no, it wasn't Nene. Damn, she's good. No, um, what she asks her, she doesn't ask, is there a guy in your life? She asks about why she hates the AD police so much, mm. which is the same question yeah. from a different angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, do you hate so, the AD yeah. police? I don't love that Just man. Like, to her sides, Lina's like, she's good. And uh, Pris is like, she did something. She... She did something she shouldn't have about Nano. Yes. Um, and they just kind of have a, a weak banter. Yep. I just don't like the way the AD police hurt people. They when they use rogue boomer pre- uh, incidents as pretexts to just do whatever they want. Mm, same. And then they all get paged on their custom phones uh, that a mad, a mad boomer has arrived. God, I love this bit so much. It's like, like pa- very... As you said, Power Rangers, like multiple cut. Yeah, um, it's like across the screen. Picture in picture. Yep, everyone's looking at each other being like, teamwork! Yeah. It's like, yes, yes. Nene, uh, uh, Pris and Lena start getting suited up. Nene does not. She's in the doghouse. So she's she's wait. sitting in the van playing video games. She's like, come on, come on. I can do this. Okay, so this boomer, he bursts out of a pipe. He's got... He's well, got, bursts out of a pipe, bursts out of a fucking building. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> he's got big expressive eyes and a happy face filled with sharp teeth. Big tusks. Yeah. Big, happy tusks. And he's just running rampant for a little while. Uh, Leon and Daly show up. Leon immediately pulls his huge magnum out and just fires shots at it. He's, love, what he, the hell is that? We don't have time to be impressed. Bang, bang. bang. <laughs> I love you, big gun. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> That's him blowing on the on the gun. And he, uh, yeah, he's just, he's ripping into him. Daly pulls out Leon a shotgun. Leon loves to give his little gun a nice big kiss before and after shooting it. <laughs> I love you. Ah, oh, my lips. It's so hot. Uh, Daly pulls out his shotgun and is like, damn, this boomer is impressive. Yeah, then the night sabers show up. They try and fight it. Um. Nene's like recklessly attacking it head on to prove she's not dead weight uh, mm. and immediately fucks up. Yeah, it wasn't really the whole point of anything that's going on no. because nothing bad happened. But yeah, we're like, yes, we know Nene, but then she messes up. Yeah, so Pris has to save her and then she she doesn't save her anyway because she just gets grabbed from behind by like a, a grabber claw on a yep. tube. Yep. And we're like, oh, that's bad. It, she gets lifted up into the air and she's in danger. But then Daly, with the, with the save, shoots her with a shotgun, <laughs> exploding the claw. Which is not even a small explosion. It's like a sizable, oh, you exploded the tentacle kind of thing. Yeah, so our heroes and our heroes' rivals are there and it's like, ah, uh, another... Another rogue boomer, no big deal. But then, huge tentacles emerge from underground, <gasps> uh, grabbing the boomer. 
in uh, a big spiral. And, and Nene as well. Yeah, big spiral. And like a fucking Bloodborne boss is there. Uh, it's like, like a big... It's like the Glass from Del Toro Quest. The Glass? Yeah. Ooh. You want a picture of the Glass you and know. the associated poem? You know I want a big picture of the Glass and to hear a poem. The Glass. The Glass. Good God. The Glass famously was... Uh, the guardian of one of the gems in the belt of Del Tora yep. that lived underground in a uh, a subterranean in a subterranean coastside maze, and it would track people by their movements in the low lying water. I see. Uh, and it could like you know how like spiders spin web. It would spin like stone and um, encase mm. you in stone, so it could feed upon you at its leisure. Nice. How ingenious. They could not defeat it. They just got the gem and got out of there. Yep. As one is to do. All right, if you're going to read this poem, you have to do it in the British accent of a uh, performing prog rock artist. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> there once was a glass named Gus. <laughs> you have the famous glass limerick. If it was a 40k crossover, I could say, who drove around in a Lehman Russ, but I don't think I can get away with that. I don't know what that is, but... It's a tank. It's a big old tank. Okay. Yeah. Named after Lehman Russ, the Primarch, uh, who... Was the Primarch of one of them. <laughs> he was a Primarch. God, they love that boy. Well, I can't find it. Cut Aww. all this, cut all this. Oh. Wait, is the cover the glass? Yeah, the cover was always the monster. Was it? It's like the kids knew what they were buying. Ah, I see. They love that fantasy shit. Little Anna is an ancient Tauran folk song telling the story of Anna, a little girl who finds a smooth stone on the shore. Hmm. The stone turns out to be an egg which hatches a sweet sea worm. When Anna shows her mother the worm, she commands her daughter to take it back to the sea. Anna is saddened and runs away, declaring that if the worm belongs to the sea, she does as well. As she is running, a burst of water comes out of the rock and drags her into the earth. No one knows what happened to Anna, but many believe the worm grew into the dreaded monster known as the glass, or the death spinner. Uh. The final verse of the song reads... Since that sad day, long years have flown. Oh, sorry. Since that sad day, long years have flown. Yes. But still, beneath that seething foam where Anna sleeps, the sea worm creeps and spins its webs of bone-white stone. Yikes. The Glass. The Glass. The name of my next prog rock album. <laughs> it's like, um... Tarkus. Tarkus. Yeah. Yeah. A, we a, all remember Tarkus. A living tank that also has the face of a... Armadillo. Yeah. Which... Fuck... Um, yep. It's weird. So this big centipede creature is here. Yeah. It's eaten it's eaten the mad boomer. And it's like nom nom you. It's like how do you how to describe this thing? It's basically the the top oh, half the, of it. I know a Pokemon it looks like that, I don't know the name of. <laughs> okay. That's the only way of defining a Pokemon though. <laughs> like yeah. there's literally not it basically at the top it has um big kind of beetle like pincers. Yep. And then it has tentacles coming from its grand worm-ribbed lower abdomen. And then it's got big old scorpion legs. Yeah, and it's like sort of blue-green. Yeah, like a teal colour. Yeah, I found the word. I found the bloody word. Well done, Nick. You painted a picture with your words. <laughs> what? Oh, that was me painting a picture with my words, literally. Those weren't words, though. That was just a noise. Here's, uh, here's the canvas. As you can see, it's covered in words. It's dripping with words. It's absolutely drenched in words. I wonder if there has been any, like, first-year art project where it's like, I painted a picture with words by getting a typewriter and typing out words. When you look at it from far away, it makes the picture that all the words are. It looks like a drapeon. Shit, it really does. A drapeon. A drapeon. A drapeon. 
A dual type poison dark Pokemon introduced in Generation 4. Mm. See, I'd call this big monster probably. It has the power in its clawed arms to make scrap of a car. The tips of its claws release a poison. Oh, fuck, it really is this guy. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. It attacks people and Pokemon that cross the desert. This has only furthered its bad reputation. <laughs> You know, many people thought it was a good idea to make this thing, but uh, nope, nope, it, it was a bad idea. I'm just seeing if it has any um, other incredibly cooked Pokedex entries. Mm. Why do they give the different descriptions in the different games? You know? What? What do you mean? Well, like, you've got um, Sword and Shield have two different descriptions. It's just more lore, I guess. Yeah, but why do they do that? Just make one game. Have it all in there. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I mean, some people would argue they do that. Oh, topical. Anyway, <laughs> yep, that's the end of the episode. Cliffhanger yep. on this big creature eating this boomer. Mm. And maybe Nene? Maybe. Ooh. Nick, highlights and lowlights for these two episodes. My highlight is Power Rangers Assemble, split screen, both checking their thing moment, and they're like, call to action, here we go. Because I'm a sucker for those shots. My highlight is... Uh, the Moto Slave. <laughs> cool high-tech bike. Oh, that fucking boomer, though. I like that boomer, Honorable too. Honorable mention to that boomer. Just being like, I just want to go fast. <laughs> God, what a guy. What My a guy. low light is, um, I'm going to say, the first of these two episodes, strained, marky, sillier relationship scenes. Mm, yes. Just another awkward dinner. Well, I was going to say my low light was going to be when uh, Marky walks in and it's like, you, uh, what are you doing? Cilia didn't even okay. smash anything this time. <laughs> when, if no one didn't is even like, flip the obsidian table. Yeah, if no one's like smashing something in their hands, is it really an episode that you want to note? No. Yeah. So, um, oh my God, I can't pick a, I can't pick a, a Cilia Marky low light then, because that's too easy. Okay. You know, it's too easy. So I reckon maybe my low light is the. Uh, God, I just want to say, like, Pris just being weird in that first episode towards the end, where she's, like, you know, singing in her no, own you mean house. when she's being vulnerable near her friends for the first time? Yeah, just weird. Just weird <laughs> stuff. It's like, it didn't really go anywhere, and, like, Leon was there. It's part it of like, an emotional journey, isn't it? But she didn't get one. She it's, was still, it's like... It's the start of one. Oh, I guess. I guess it's the start of one. But it made me uncomfortable. I don't like that. <laughs> Uh, so, Nick. Yes. Uh, mysterious happenings underground and disappearing boomers. Mm. Could this creature be the culprit? Bioscape? Bioscape. Secret labs. Underground. Dr. Stingray. Mason. Mason, indeed. <laughs> His boomer. What will happen next time on Bubble Crumb Crisis? Bubble Crumb Crisis? Bubble Crumb Crisis. Bubble Crumb Crisis. Yep. Uh, episode uh, 10, I believe. God, it's hard to say words incorrectly. In it, though. Yeah. <laughs> episode 10, Woke Up With A Monster. Uh, so, obviously, the big monster is going to get defeated by the Night Saviors. Is it a boomer? <sighs> you know what? I'm going to say no. Oh, what is it? It's going to be a large organic creature... That was woken up after the earthquake that Bioscape was working on. Where did it come from? No, no. When the earthquake happened, it was like a, a little little slug thing, right? <laughs> okay, like the glass. Yeah, and it, it started eating things and it grew and it grew and then it started eating more and more. And, and then it, it eats metal? 
Because it eats boomers. Yes, I guess it eats metal. Yeah, or maybe it just eats. Maybe it just ate boomers and then just kept developed a taste for it. Yeah, and so they just keep going missing, but no one's ever tracked in that area. Yes, they keep going missing. Okay, and how would they defeat it? Uh, they'll shoot it a lot. Okay, and will Leon and Daly help? Ooh, maybe Leon will be the one that kills it, and then Pris will be like, "I respect you now. I didn't need you your can help. kill boomers." Yeah, it's like I didn't need your help, but I appreciated it. Yeah, and, and, then, she, and then she drives away. Yeah, and then Leon will be like, "Who is?" Huh. Lady. <laughs> what? Who is that? Is that Pris? Oh, that... in the hard suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, who is this? Maybe she's some cool renegade. No, uh, and what my if... heart is for some other lady. And what about um, uh, Nene's crisis of confidence being called dead weight and now being picked up by oh, the Oh, she'll be useless the whole time. Okay. We've seen nothing but dead weight actions from her. Both episodes we've seen her previously. She's hacked things good. She shoots them with needles and they do nothing. No, when she's hacking. Well, yeah, well, yeah, but she's not hacking this episode. No, but so I'm just saying just... That's, that's something good that she does. I guess, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but it's just so, like, uh, so useless. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll find out all that and more next time. Of course, we're very excited about the re- upcoming return of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part <laughs> 6, Stone Ocean, at the I'm start of September. Keen. Very keen. Of course, we'll have a bit of a lag between that release and when we start to cover it. Mm-hmm. But it's on the horizon. And um, they've announced three Stone Ocean Blu-ray packs uh, in the last week or so the last of which to presumably cover the last batch of episodes mm-hmm. it's being released mid next year if i recall correctly okay so that's probably a good timeline and when we'll get that third batch too yes praise be hell yeah yeah so we look forward to that and we look forward to ending this episode right now uh, to be continued <laughs> yeah, yeah.